0: Hello, you're very welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. My name's Lorcan Doherty, and today we're talking about the housing crisis. The right to decent housing is one of the main political and social issues of today, not least here in Catalonia, where the cost of renting has increased 30 times more than salaries in the five-year period leading up to the pandemic. There's Appetite for Change, a Barcelona City Council report revealed that 9 out of 10 people think rent should be regulated and more public housing created. But there's also a lack of consensus perhaps about how that change should be brought about. On today's podcast we're going to be hearing some first-hand accounts of people in Barcelona facing eviction and also looking at the ongoing political and legal battle over a rent cap law in Catalonia. And we'll also be comparing the situation here with other countries around Europe. Joining me today are Christina Tomás-White and Scarlet Rainers. Hi folks.
1: Hey, thanks for having us. Hey, Loken.
0: I said that housing rights are right at the top of the political and social agenda here at the minute. But why now, Christina? What's going on?
1: Um, Well, there's been a lot going on um, the past couple of weeks, um, especially because it has been nine months since the Catalan Parliament approved the rent cap law that came into effect um, late September last year. And the Spanish government has decided to challenge this law in court, in the constitutional court. So um, a lot of housing rights activists have been very active lately in trying to convince the government you know, not to have the court suspend the law immediately, and also trying to promote a Spain-wide law, et cetera, et cetera.
0: We're not long into a new parliamentary term here in Catalonia, and it's, it's also been one of the main topics during the government negotiations.
1: No, uh, definitely. Um, in fact, CUP, a far left party uh, that's pro independence, said that they would only back the coalition government that we have um, in Catalonia under Perado if they agreed not to send riot police to evictions.
0: I have to say, one of the things that struck me when I moved here and, you know, you started covering the news and looking at the news and things was the kind of riot police presence at some of these evictions. It's, It's very visible. I don't know if you had the same feeling, Scarlett.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I come from London and I've lived in London for 20 years and I've never seen an eviction. And I've lived here for maybe coming up to 10 months now. And walking on my way home from work, I've seen about seven vans full of riot police. They have shields. And, you know, immediately you go over and you think, well, what is going on? This must be something really dramatic. And it's it's a family or someone being removed from their house. But, the, yeah, it's really quite quite dramatic.
0: Yeah, I think affections obviously happen in other places, but there's a real social movement here to try to prevent a lot of these happen. And obviously then, in contrast, this police presence, which, as you said, Christina, that coop have said that they don't want riot police, basically, when mm-hmm, people are getting mm-hmm. evicted. And, from and their
1: in homes. fact, the the new um, interior minister of Catalonia, Joan Ignazio Elena, who has said that um, the government needs to establish a new protocol for evictions, you know, to try to avoid getting to the situation. They have expressed like a desire to de-escalate these um, interactions.
0: And I suppose we haven't really mentioned, but one of the other big factors is with COVID and the pandemic, a lot of people have earned less money and now are finding themselves in precarious positions and stuff and also mm-hmm, we'll get mm-hmm. into it. But there was um, a moratorium on evictions as well.
1: I think it's also important to mention that even though the government, the new government in Catalonia has like expressed a willingness to you know, implementing policies that will help avoid future evictions, that evictions themselves are ordered by judges.
0: Yeah, that's right. As well as being a political issue, it's obviously a legal issue too. And in fact, Christina, you've prepared a kind of an overview of the legal situation to kind of help us get to grips before we move on. Yeah, that's right. Let's take a listen.
1: June has probably been one of the busiest months for housing rights activists in a while. On June 9th, Spain's socialist territorial policy minister, Miquel Iceta, hinted that the Spanish government would be taking Catalonia's rent cap law to court for overstepping regional powers, prompting fears that it would be suspended immediately pending the constitutional court ruling on the matter. Days later, a 58-year-old man died by suicide in Barcelona, right before he was supposed to be evicted, despite a social services report demonstrating that he was vulnerable and despite the Spain-wide moratorium on evictions for people in a situation that is currently in place. Both Iseta's comments and this tragic event set off a flurry of activity in Barcelona, Madrid and elsewhere beyond the usual anti-eviction protests, with housing groups desperately trying to persuade Pedro Sánchez's cabinet not to peel the rent cap law. In cities and towns where affordable housing is scarce, this law sets prices according to the Catalan Housing Agency's average price index, preventing landlords from raising the rent. In the end, the Spanish government did challenge the measure, but did not have the court put it on hold.
0: But it had
1: already been clear for a while that the law was in for a bumpy ride. When it was passed last September, the People's Party pledged to challenge it right away, which it did, while the Socialists and Ciudadanos also criticized it for being unconstitutional. And, of course, landlords and real estate agents weren't happy, either. Juan Company, the head of the Catalan Council of the Association of Real Estate Agents, says that their concerns weren't taken into account at all.
0: De ni de ni
1: there is not enough affordable housing, he concedes, but argues that authorities need to encourage property owners to rent out more apartments by providing them with other benefits and, lagging behind other parts of Europe, more public housing needs to be created, he believes.
0: Entonces, aquí ha de molta de, de, de
1: Disputes concerning housing aren't new, and the legal back and forth between the Catalan Parliament, Spanish authorities and the judiciary has been going on for six years now. In January, for example, the Constitutional Court struck down a 2019 Catalan government decree that sought, among other things, to force landlords with 15 or more properties to lower the rent before evicting tenants. Undeterred, in early June, pro independence parties and the Catalan branch of anti austerity Podemos put forth another bill that could eventually reinstate some of the measures that were in the decree that was overruled. Esta, eh, Meanwhile, a new Spain-wide housing law could be on the horizon. Activists have been trying to push forward an eight-point proposal that treats housing as a fundamental right. they found some success, too, as they've secured backing from the Barcelona Council. And at the same time, Spain's left-wing coalition government has taken steps in this direction and agreed to freeze but not lower rent prices in certain areas. But negotiations between the socialists and Podemos continue.
0: So there's a lot happening politically. There's a lot happening legally. I should mention that we're recording this on June 17th. So for the latest developments as well, it might be worth checking out catalannews.com. And we heard that it's at a political level housing very much an issue across Spain. But it's fair to say that the epicentre of this is Barcelona and Catalonia.
1: That's definitely the case. Around a fifth of evictions are in Catalonia, and Barcelona is a city in Spain with the highest number of evictions. It's actually gotten worse in this year because if yeah. we look at the statistics, last year throughout twenty twenty, there were a thousand twenty eight evictions throughout the entire year, and um, over the first quarter of twenty twenty one, Barcelona alone has. 1,635 evictions. So that's more than an entire year. So in just three prior. months,
0: Barcelona had 50% more evictions than in the whole of last year. And obviously the pandemic right. was yeah. n- influenced the figures last year, but also in the first three months of this year.
1: Yeah, yeah. And this is with a moratorium on evictions for vulnerable people in place.
2: Yeah, no. And in Barcelona, I mean, in Catalonia, rent has increased. in just like the five years leading up to the pandemic. And this has obviously been felt significantly in Barcelona. So now the average rent in Barcelona is €964.81, which means quite hard to conceptualize if you don't live here. But the minimum wage is €950. And that's gross.
0: Yeah, the average salaries in Spain are less than the European average.
2: So, I, I mean, I think,
1: I mean, I'd also like to point out that, like, in Catalonia, you know, it's one of the richer regions. So, like, most people don't make 950, but it's still not enough to be able to cover that. Yeah. and like we're For gonna, one person, that that's a lot of money.
0: Yeah. and 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 in just a few minutes, we're going to be hearing some personal stories from people mm-hmm. who have been affected by by rent increases and by evictions and things like that. Before we hear that, Scarlett, you've also been looking at some comparisons here between Catalonia and other regions of Europe.
2: Yeah, no, this housing issue has really touched uh, quite a few European cities, especially in, in just the last last few months. Like in Berlin, there are currently massive protests going on because similarly to what happened in Catalonia, the regional government, the Berlin state government, tried to introduce a rec- or did introduce a rent cap law to try and regulate prices in the city however it was rejected because it was decided that berlin did not have the or the government in berlin did not have the constitutional power to pass it in the first place okay
0: very similar to the situation here yeah
2: and landlords are increasing their rent straight away and also demanding back payments for the 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 back payments
1: too yeah (laughs) that's a lot of money for a tenant
2: exactly for all, all the other previous months when the rent was frozen and when it comes to evictions, I mean, the UK is currently on the brink of a, a bit of a, an eviction crisis, because we had a similar as well to Spain, we had a a law that was in place for the pandemic, which was an essentially a ban on evictions, but it meant that landlords had to give their tenants six months notice of eviction. However, that disappeared on the 30th of May. And there are lots of activists calling for something to replace it, because there have been, as we've said before, so many people hit by the pandemic who are now coming out and facing eviction in the UK as well. It's, it's really quite quite everywhere.
0: One of the issues here as well, maybe, is the lack of public housing compared to other parts of Europe.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, the percentage of public housing is, is really quite low in Spain. It's at 2%. And I mean, compared to countries in Europe like Austria, Denmark and the Netherlands, those three countries have over 20%. So you see there is quite a stark difference. And as well with public housing in Barcelona, so Barcelona specifically, we're just short of about 100,000 units of public housing. To put that into context, the population of Barcelona is 1,600,000, something like that. However, compared with Vienna, which has a much more positive public housing situation there are over 420,000 units for a population which is basically the same, about 1,900,000.
0: And a lack of public housing is one of the issues affecting people that are facing eviction. Christina, you've been speaking to quite a few in the last uh, number of weeks, haven't you? Uh,
1: No, yeah, that was definitely brought up a lot with the the people that are affected by um, eviction notices that I spoke to, as well as activists. You know, They mentioned that there's not enough public housing here. Um, but I also got the sense that they think that social services just doesn't have the resources to address the problems that they're facing.
0: Well, let's hear from the now. This is Rebecca, Delia and Mimi. Barcelona
1: It feels like only rich people have the right to live in Barcelona. These are the words of Rebecca, a young single mother of three and a proud Sagrada neighborhood native. It's not hard to see where she's coming from either, given the struggle that's taken over her life for the larger part of two years. Building Center, a real estate company owned by Kasha Bank, kept her rent low for five years, allowing Rebecca and her kids to enjoy a sense of stability. But trouble began once her contract expired and they tried to raise her rent by 600 euros, well above what she could afford. Since then, Rebecca has faced four eviction attempts. The latest, which was supposed to take place the day that I met up with her, was temporarily halted at the last minute by the landlord, not by a judge on the grounds of vulnerability, despite the Spain-wide moratorium on evictions for low-income people. Sí que es van parant, pero, claro, no, no. And while Rebecca is yet to find a long-term housing solution for her and her children, she says that she finds strength, support, and comfort in her community, and the Segreta Housing Union in particular. The Catalan capital, Spain's eviction capital, is home to a very vocal network of grassroots groups. Well organized on social media and messaging apps like Telegram, activists will often physically place themselves between the police and the people they are attempting to kick out at only a moment's notice. These groups include the powerful Sindicata Yugateras Tenants Union, multiple housing associations in practically every neighborhood, or, for example, ZAPA, People Affected by Mortgages organization that was created after the 2008 crisis. Building on over a decade of experience, the PA has witnessed the changing face of evictions. Once mainly mortgage-related, as the name of the group suggests, now almost 90% of people in Barcelona who are evicted struggle to keep up with rent. And, in fact, some of the PA's longest-standing activists, like Deria, are former property owners who are able to negotiate social rents after failing to keep up with their mortgages, who are now fighting to have these contracts renewed as the city's pricey rental market is still out of reach for them. And then there are also people in Barcelona like Mimi, who are facing eviction for occupying homes that they do not own or rent. When I spoke with Mimi, a large crowd of protesters had gathered outside the home she had been living in with her two daughters, partner, and assistance dog for the past two years. When their landlord tried to raise their rent by 500 euros, they decided to move into an abandoned apartment in Barcelona's sense neighborhood rather than go homeless. Mimi cannot work at the moment because she has an autoimmune disease that is being treated with chemo, while her partner has had trouble finding a job. Both of their daughters have disabilities too. And although they've asked the owners, who also have a number of other properties, to let them stay there in exchange for a low-cost social rent, They have not accepted this arrangement. The eviction attempt I witnessed was ultimately unsuccessful, and Mimi and her family expect to be relocated into public housing before the owners try to kick them out again. But the ordeal has taken a toll on her, and she describes it as 21st century torture. Vulnerable people have been evicted during the pandemic, she says, in spite of the Spanish government's moratorium. The latest figures back her claim. More people have lost their homes over the first quarter of
2: 2021 than the same period last year.
0: We heard from Rebecca, Delia, and Mimi. Our thanks to the three of them. You were telling me there as well that they were really emphasising. We didn't hear it there, but they spoke of the Constitution, about how that guarantees housing as well. Yeah,
1: um, Article 47 of the Spanish Constitution says that everyone has the right to um, decent and adequate housing. And, you know, their attitude was kind of like, well, if, you know, authorities are, they care this much about the Constitution, why aren't they guaranteeing my right to housing? I mean, why are they challenging this law as being unconstitutional when the Constitution itself guarantees the right to decent housing?
0: And actually, the day that you went to interview Mimi, you were saying was the day that in the same area of Barcelona, in Sants, there was another eviction in which a man died by suicide.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, apparently, there are people from the legal committee, from the court's legal committee at his door, and that's when it happened, um, in a moment of distress. But I'd also like to point out that when we went to go interview Mimi, as we were leaving, uh, just on my way to the metro, we ran into two separate evictions. So to my knowledge, I mean, there could have been more going on, evictions going on in Sunset that day, but um, between Mimi's, which was um, stopped at the last minute, and these two other ones, it means that there were at least four in Sons in one neighborhood in Barcelona on, on, one on one day.
0: I suppose partly because there's so many is maybe part of the reason why there are so many activists like taken to the streets. and yeah, yeah, th- That's yeah. something that you see here a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, and it was actually really interesting because at Mimi's um, eviction or eviction attempt, more like there were two um, members of Pepe, the Conservative People's Party that were amongst the crowd of people that had gathered in front of her um, home, you know, and they were saying, well, you know, my party... Um, isn't in favor of people occupying homes. But in Mimi's case, you know, she's she's very ill and her her children also have disabilities and she can't work. You know, like a person like her shouldn't be evicted. It's like, wow. It, I mean, And for me, that was really surprising to see people from the People's Party just actually trying to stop an eviction. That That's, a, that's something that's unheard of.
0: And uh, like the history of some of these social organizations as well, a lot of them came about Due to the financial crisis of 2008,
1: mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so the the pa the the people affected by mortgages um, was founded in 2009, I think, so like a, a year after the crisis began. The Syndicata de is, is is more recent, but you know they've been able to build on that's the like experience. Like renters union, yeah, kind of thing. yeah, the tenants um, tenants, union. tenants union, and each neighborhood, you know, in Barcelona, every neighborhood has like one or two different um, tenants unions.
2: Yeah, that's something which really surprised me when I. got here just how like dense this network is i mean barcelona has really quite defined neighborhoods you know and and each of these neighborhoods has their own sindicato sort of anti-eviction body and group the kind of people who stand outside their neighbors doors just to stop their evictions like there really is that intense local really local community level activism here as well
0: I know for our Catalan phrase. What is it this week, Cristina?
2: Well, um, if
1: we keep in mind that people in Catalonia tend to spend, well, in 2019 they spent 56% of their salaries on rent. We thought that it would be appropriate to say, which means to spend a lot of money on something. spend a
0: lot of money. Is that right?
1: Yes, to, to throw your house out the window, literally. <laughs>
0: And that's all we've got time for today. Thanks very much, Christina and Scarlett, for joining me.
2: Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: Do get in touch with us if you'd like. It's always good to hear from our listeners. The email is News at Thanks for tuning in. New episodes of Filling the Sink are available every Saturday. Until the next one, from me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adieu.